Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org friendshipwithgod.org or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. That's why Proverbs 7.25 says, let, thy, let not thine heart decline to her ways. Go not astray in her paths. Remove thy way far from her. Come not nigh the door of her house. Let thine eyes look straight on and not let thine eyelids look straight before thee. He lifts up his eyes, he beholds, he chose Jesus, made the wrong decision. Okay, now, when he lifts up his eyes, what is really a description here is Lot walking by sight. As it says in 2 Corinthians 5, 7, it tells what we are not to do, and we are to do, when it says we walk by faith and not by sight. And so Lot allowed the lust of his eyes to lead him. That's the first of what the world has to offer, as it says in 1 John 2.16, everything, all that's in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, it's not of the Father, it's of the world. Lot thought he could pamper his flesh and enjoy life. He thought, I want to satisfy what I want, the lust of the flesh. And Lot thought he could make himself happy if he just kind of looked the lust of the eyes. And he could make himself really happy if he really made himself something in life. He could be proud of himself, pride of life. Now, the next wrong decision we see about Lot is in Genesis 14, 12, where it says, And they took Lot, Abram's brother's son, who dwelt in Sodom and his goods and his departed. So when it says in this verse that Lot dwelt in Sodom, that's a very interesting word. That word in the Hebrew word is the, is the word yashav, and that word describes how Lot lived in Sodom, the word yashav. As a matter of fact, when we see Lot in our chapter in uh, Genesis 19.1, we see where it says, Lot sat in the gate of Sodom. And we see that word sat, that's the same Hebrew word yashav that was translated dwell in Genesis 14.12. It describes Lot. So that's a word that describes how Lot lived in Sodom. So Lot lived in Sodom. He dwelt in Sodom. He sat there, yashabed in Sodom. And to see what that meant when Lot sat or yashabed in Sodom, we only have to look at another place where that same word is used, yashab. And it's used, it's used in Psalm 91.1 where it says, he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. See, that word dwelleth is yashav. That describes the person who is very comfortable, very happy with the things of Christ, and dwelling in his presence. See, he that dwelleth or yashavs in the secret place of the Most High. And when you and I dwell there, when we're in the secret place of the Most High, that's a description of abiding in Christ as we see it in John 15, 
when he said, abide in me and I in you. When we abide in the Lord Jesus Christ, we're reading his word, we're praying always, we're having this joy, this sweet fellowship with him continually throughout the whole day. We're just very comfortable. We're where we should be. And we settle down there. See? As in, we're doing what it says in Deuteronomy eleven eighteen. Therefore, shall ye lay up my words in your heart and in your soul. And we're experiencing what it says in that same chapter, that your days may be days of heaven upon earth. That's wonderful. And that's the dwelling or yashaving with God. That's the same word that describes what Lot was doing in Sodom. He was dwelling there. He was at home there. He was saying, this is a good place for me. That was a wrong decision. That was a wrong decision of Lot. And so when we left Lot, he was dwelling there in the plain of Jordan. But now we see he's moved from the plain into the city of Sodom. So the plain of Jordan represented for Lot the lust of the eyes. It was beautiful. That's what it talked about. It was beautiful. But then he moves from the place of beauty, the lust of the eyes, and he moves now into the city which has got like a new society there. It's a new society. It's an exciting society. It's an exciting city, sort of. It's a city that has a sexual orientation. It's a city that is sexually oriented. And there's, that's another wrong decision of Lot to go there. And he moves into this city, and something happened. Like, and something happened after he moved in there. And it's like a judgment on Sodom. What happened? Sodom gets conquered. Sodom gets uh, Plummet, plummet, what, plundered. He gets pl- Sodom gets plundered. Sodom gets plundered. Everything gets taken out by five kings. So suddenly, Lot finds himself a prisoner, being marched off into Syria as a captive for the rest of his life. It's over. But then God shows great mercy to Lot because we saw in Genesis 14 that when Abraham uh, Abram heard that his brother was taken captive, he armed his trained servants and so forth, and divided himself and pursued. And then it says he brought back all the goods and also brought again his brother Lot and his goods and the women also and the men. That was the rescue of Lot. That was another rescue that Abraham had done for Lot. So now all the people of Sodom, all their goods of Sodom, including Lot's goods, have been brought back by Abraham, and Lot's been rescued. And now, in that chapter... Genesis 14, verse 16, Lot's got a new decision to make. He's got a new decision when it says there that he brought back uh, again his brother Lot and his goods. Because now Abraham has brought back Lot, his family, all his stuff, and left him. And the decision is, do I go back into Sodom? Or do I go out, leave? It was like a wake-up call for Lot. It was like God saying to, you know, to Lot wake up, and so then Lot should have woke up and said, I've got no business. I had no business moving into Sodom. I had no business leaving in Sodom. I got no business now to be in Sodom. I need to take this opportunity to separate and go back with Abraham, return to God. Because Lot, remember now, Lot, he watched this whole scene and develop in front of him of this whole, this drama between the king of Sodom and Abraham, where the king of Sodom is saying to Abraham, I'll give you all the, all the wealth, all the spoil. You take it all. I'll take the people. You take the goods. And Lot watched Abraham, which was like a rebuke to Lot. And he watched Abraham make the right decision when Abraham said in Genesis 14, through 23, Abraham said to the king of Sodom, I have lift up my hand into the, unto the Lord, the most high God, 
the possessor in heaven and earth, I won't, I won't touch a shoelace of what you've got. I don't want what you've got. I won't even take a shoelace of it because I don't want you to say that you made me rich. And Lot watched this, all this drama take place and the decision right in front of him. And you know what Lot could have said when he saw that? He could have said, that's Abraham. Abraham is right. I admire Abraham. Abraham saw the sin of Sodom and the close alliance that was being offered him with the Sodomites. I want to be like Abraham. I'm finished with Sodom. I'm leaving Sodom. I'm going to go follow Abraham. Instead, he makes the wrong decision, and he says to himself, Abraham was wrong. An opportunity like that knocks once, and I'm ashamed of Abraham. Abraham let his, his, those morals of his, those principles of his get in his way. All that stuff, I can't believe it. He's going to let all that slip through his fingers like that. He could be 10 times richer if he only would just compromise a little bit. He's not good. He didn't go to business school, Abraham. <laughs> and I said, not me. I got a lot of money to make in Sodom. A lot of money. It's a place of opportunity. I'm not finished with Sodom. I'm going right back into Sodom. And Abraham can go off with his morals. And See? Bad, bad decision on Lot's part. For Lot to return back into Sodom after God graciously took him out and then delivered him out. And, and now, wrong decision. Okay. Now, the next wrong decision we see in Lot is in Genesis 19.1, where it says, Lot sat in the gate. So here we see that whatever Lot stood for, it did not prevent Lot from rising up to this position of uh, prominence, let's call it, in Sodom, to sit in the gates where the elders sat. By sitting in the gates, he wasn't just living there. Now he's become politically acceptable somehow. And so he's decided to take this position, and when he does, he obviously is not taking a stand against the immorality in the city. And we can see how integrated Lot has become into this city because of what he calls the Sodomites in Genesis 19.7 when he said, I pray you, brethren, he says, do not so wickedly, brethren, Lot feels comfortable to call them brethren. Lot had decided to have such a close friendship with these Sodomites that he calls them brothers. I mean, Lot, who are you calling brethren? What's the matter with you? Lot made the wrong decision to view these Sodomites as brethren. The last time Lot heard that word brethren was when? It was when Abraham says, you know, his Abraham said, we be brethren, Lot. Now, what Abraham said to Lot, we be brethren, is an instruction for Lot. Lot, listen to Abraham when he says, we be brethren. You know, Lot made a wrong decision when Lot refused to agree with Abraham, we be brethren. And instead of agreeing, we be brethren, he turns away from Abraham. He looks to the Sodomites and he says to them, brethren. Boy, what a graphic picture that is. You know, it says God couldn't have been more graphic with the verses in Genesis 13, 8, Abraham saying, we be brethren, and the verse here in Genesis 19, 7, calling brethren, it's just like God took a gigantic, huge canvas, and he paints a picture. And on one side of this canvas, we see Abraham, and he's saying to Lot, we be brethren. See, that's the one side God's painting this picture. And then in the middle of the picture, we've got Lot standing with his back to Abraham. Maybe, maybe Lot's like this, putting his hand in the chest of Abraham, say, you know, just stay back there. And he's saying now pitifully, 
So Lot's over here, he's saying to these, these sodomites, we be brethren. That's a picture that God said this. He, he's saying to these wicked sodomites who, who are going to want to kill him, he says, we be brethren. This is a wrong decision of the man in the middle, Lot, to call those sodomites his brethren. That's why it says in 2 Corinthians 6.14, Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness, and what communion hath light with darkness? So on Abraham's side represents righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ, woven into Abraham, as we said before, the chashav weaving, for we be brethren. And on the other side represents the unrighteousness of the sodomites, So this is a bad decision that Lot is making to become unequally yoked. And he's pleading with them, we be brethren. It's pathetic. And on Abraham's side represents the light of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Abraham is pleading with with Lot, we be brethren. And so this side represents the darkness. And this side represents the light. And Lot is making the wrong decision. And it's a sad, sad picture. Now Sodom was a place that was wholly given over to this sexual orientation, as it says in Genesis 19.4, before they lay down the men of the city, even the men of Sodom, encompassed the house round about, both old and young, all the people from every quarter. Those are very important details. Both old and young, all the people from every quarter. When it says both old and young, it's referring to two groups of people who had no physical drive toward this perverse sexual orientation. The young were there because they knew it was naughty. They knew it was wrong, and they wanted to watch what was wrong. The old were there because it was amusing to them. And the phrase from every quarter shows that there was not left in Sodom one area that had kept themselves from this perversion. No resistance to the ultimate sexual rebellion against God, homosexuality. And by being accepted in this city to sit there to Yashav in the gate shows that Lot had made another wrong decision to not take the stand against this wholly given over city. Lot was affected by this perverse sexual orientation without even realizing it. He was affected. And that's why in verse 8 it says he was so affected by this perverse sexual orientation of the city that without even knowing it, he makes this wrong decision. And he says, behold, now I have two daughters which have not known man. Let me, I pray you, bring them out of you. You do to them as good in your eyes. He's been so corrupted by the sexual sins of the city around him. He does for us, when we read this, it's unthinkable. We read some of this, it's unthinkable. But what he says to these aggressive homosexual men that wanted to rape these angels But Lot has decided to try to distract them, and he does it in verse 8 with the behold now. Behold now is if to say, here's something really exciting. That's a wrong decision on Lot's part to try to entice these, these men from one sexual perversion to another. He says, I have two daughters which have not known man. Look at this exciting flesh. It's a wrong decision of Lot to offer his daughters to a violent mob. Let me, I pray you, bring them out unto you. He's offering to push them out. It's a wrong decision to beg this, beg, he says, I pray, beg this mob to take his daughters. Do you to them as is good in your eyes. Lot is offering to not interfere with what the mob would do to his daughters. It's a wrong decision of Lot to give up his God-assigned role of protecting his daughters. These are very bad decisions that Lot made. And he's going to reap 
He's going to reap. He's sowing decisions here. He's sowing one right after the other. And God says in Galatians 6, 7, Lot, don't be deceived. God is not mocked here. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. So when Lot is there making all these wrong decisions and saying these things about his daughter, he's sowing bad seeds. And you know where those seeds landed? In his daughter's. Because they were hearing all this. And they were hearing what said, and Lot is going to later reap what he'd sowed as those same daughters are going to come up with their own ideas for incestual sexual perversion. So he makes a wrong decision to betray, he betray Abraham's trust. Lot betrayed Abraham's trust when he said, you take the desert, I'll take the plush. And Lot now is making a wrong decision. Lot's the betrayer to betray the trust of his two daughters who trusted in him to protect him, and he ends up betraying them. And what happens? They end up betraying him later on in the chapters. They make him drunk and take advantage of him, and so he ends up losing, losing, losing his two remaining children. Now, in verse 14, when we read about another wrong decision, Lot made in verse 14, it's indicated, because Lot went out and spake unto his sons-in-law and married his daughters and said, Up, get you out of this place, for the Lord will destroy this city. But he seemed as one that mocked unto his son-in-laws. That's interesting. When Lot went to his family, his son-in-law, sons-in-law, and told them that God was going to destroy the city because of sin, it says he seemed as one that mocked unto his sons-in-law. Now, it shows that Lot if he seemed as one as mocked, then that means they didn't take him seriously. And they didn't take him seriously because he never had spoken to his sons-in-law seriously about God. And so now when he comes and tries to talk with them seriously, he seems as one as mocking to them. It's as if the son-in-law is going to say to him, you never spoke that way to us before. What's with you? Maybe it's a joke. And his sons-in-law, they didn't take him seriously because he never spoke to them seriously about God. It doesn't say Lot's daughters thought he seemed as one that mocked. So Lot must have talked to them seriously about God, but never his sons-in-law. And may it be so that we speak to everyone in our family seriously about God, that we never seem to any in our family as one that mocks when we talk seriously about God. They may not agree, but they know where you stand, and it doesn't come across as such a big shock. Now, verse 16. Now we see that Lot decided what, he, what, what Lot decided to do when he was told to leave. It says, the morning arose, hasten Lot, arise, take thy wife, thy two daughters that are here, lest you be consumed in the iniquity of the city. Then it says, and while he lingered, the men laid hold on his hand, on the hand of his wife, on the hand of his two daughters. The Lord was merciful, brought them forth. So the time has come now. Lot, you have to leave the city of Sodom with your wife, your daughters, and your angel said, leave. But in verse 16, Lot makes another wrong decision. As we read those two words, he lingered. He lingered. You know, it says Lot lingered. It means that he was confused. Lot was confused. That sin does that. And, and he, he, you know, he just can't quite make the decision to just, just like that, just walk away. He's confused. He's it's a picture of a believer who has not wholly decided to follow the Lord. And he's lingering because he think, boy, what about all my possessions? Maybe I should make a list so I know what I'm going <laughs> to Anyway, well, what about everything I've got here? And I'm going to lose it all just like that? And, what, and what, how about my, da- my married daughters, what, my grandchildren, my friends? I would say, wait, wait a minute now. Maybe there's some way I can bring them out again. He, he lingers. 
And he thinks, you know, Sodom is a beautiful city. It's a very pretty city. I kind of got to love it, this place, this nice city. He lingers. And he thinks to himself, you know, I got a beautiful house here. He's a rich man. I got a really beautiful house. Oh, no, a little damaged door, but apart from that, it's a good house. <laughs> you know, so it's hard for Lot. He says, you know, I got maybe, a, that's a bad decision on Lot's part, to linger, because it shows that, and you know what he's doing? When he's lingering, he's sowing seeds again. His decision, he's sowing seeds. And you know where those seeds landed? In his wife. They landed in his wife. And it's that when she sees him lingering there, he sows those seeds on her, and it results in a tragedy for her. He loses his wife over it. Now, verse 18, chapter 19, 18. So we've seen the bad side of Lot and all that stemmed from this pattern, this pattern of wrong decisions. It's a warning for us. It's a warning for us to not fall into the same pattern of wrong decisions that Lot did. We ask ourselves the question, what was at the heart of Lot's wrong decisions? What's the reason? What's the one reason that made Lot do all those wrong decisions? And the reason is given to us in the shortest verse in this chapter. It's the single core reason. You see what it says there in, in uh, chapters in 19, verse 17. It says, It came to pass that when they brought him forth abroad, and he said, Escape for thy life. Look not behind thee, neither stay thou in the plain. Let's escape the mountain, lest thou be consumed. And here's the shortest verse. And Lot said unto them, Oh, not so, my Lord. You see, when Lot was told to go to the mountain and not look back, and, and he says in his reply, that's the core problem with Lot. He says, oh, not so. Those four words, not so, my Lord, they don't go together. Lot's problem is life is that he's trying to put this together, these four words. You can't do that. You can't say, not so, my Lord. When God called Lot, what to do, when God called Lot and told him what to do, Lot replies with, not so, my Lord. And those words, they don't fit. They don't, they don't, you, you, to say not so, my Lord, is to be conflicted and in a result in making all these bad decisions, which Lot does. Either it's going to be not so and cross off the my Lord part, or it's going to be my Lord and cross off the not so part. But you can't have it both ways. And if God is speaking to any of us through the example of Lot this morning, he's saying these words, when, when we see Lot saying not so, my Lord, it's time for us, if we got this conflict in us, get alone with God, take a pencil and this verse, and either cross off the not-so part of the verse or cross off the my Lord part of this verse. Because no Christian can say, not so, my Lord. Either the Lord Jesus Christ is Lord, and in that case, we cannot say, not so, or the Lord Jesus Christ is not Lord, and in that case, we cannot say, my Lord. But to be free from the conflict, to be free from making all those wrong decisions that Lot makes, you've got to stop that. And that's why the Lord Jesus Christ says to us in Luke, 4, 6, 4, Luke 6, 46, Why call ye me Lord, and do not the things which I say? Either it's going to be not so, or it's going to be my Lord, but it can never be not so my Lord. And that's a problem. That's a bad side of Lot. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for taking the time to write all this history about Lot for our example, for our learning, for our caution, for our warning. Help us today, Lord, to see these red lights blinking all over this chapter and help us, Lord, to not sit in judgment over Lot, 
but to realize that consider ourselves lest we also be tempted like he was and to take the lessons and be guided by your spirit, your good spirit, to instruct us. In Jesus' name, amen. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org to sign up for his daily devotional verse. Now, Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestoration.org. Or you can write Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711-330, P.O. Box 711-330, Santee, California. That's S-A-N-T-E-E, Santee, California, 92071. Or you can email Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. Bible teacher Tom Cantor from Friendship with God wants to invite you to celebrate Purim, the celebration of Esther's victory over Haman. This is an interactive celebration, remembrance, and feast at the Creation Earth History Museum in Santee on Good Friday, March 25th at 6.30 p.m. Celebrate Purim and the Good Friday Passion of our Lord Jesus Christ with Tom Cantor. Admission is free. Seating is limited. 619-599-1104. 619-599-1104 or creationsd.org. creationsd.org.